That's into right field. Long run for Pilar. And Pilar all out into foul territory to make the play. Bogarts with a drive out to right field. Judges back on it, and that one's gone. Against all odds, here's a high fly ball driven deep to right. Verdugo back to the pen. Leaps up. He caught it. He caught the ball. He took it back. And I will keep on waiting for a better day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pesky Pole Podcast. My name is Robert, your host, as is every single episode. Welcome into episode 55. I don't have. Adam, can you name somebody off the top of your head that. It's one of the number 55 for the Red Sox. Number 55. Couldn't tell you. Yeah, whatever. I'll look it up later. But welcome in. Joining me for the third or fourth time now is one of my good buddies, host of the Fumble Rooski podcast, Adam Wright. Adam, what's going on with you, man? Nothing much. Just chilling out. Did some work. Talked some foosball the other day. It's and good. The last time people saw you in that setup for our YouTube people, you had COVID, but tell the people that you are officially COVID-free. I am COVID-free, as Robert just stated. So, yeah, I can attest to that. Mostly. I'm, mostly. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good so far. Do you still get, like, sickish every now and then? I got a little bit of a cough. I mean, having symptoms after um, having, the, having the virus is normal. Like mm -hmm. a slight cough. I have like runny nose every now and then, some congestion. But, you know, that that stuff is – the only major problem with it – well, not major, I mean kind of major – is that, you know, when you have it, um, when you have these symptoms and you're out in public, like you cough a little bit. And with the way the world is, everybody just freaks out. Yep. And the, you have the entire world staring at you. So I'm just sitting here like holding in a cough for dear life. Mm -hmm. And when it comes out, it comes out. It comes out. When it snows, it really comes down. And yes. people are sitting around there like this kid has COVID. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It, I, I bet. But I looked it up, episode 55. We can either name it. The Christian Vasquez episode, because he wore 55 in 2014, or the Ryan Kalish episode. And you remember Ryan Kalish? I can't say I do. I believe – let me look this up to make sure I'm right. But I believe he was a catcher for us. I want to What year say. was this? Was he a backup or was he – was he uh, – No, he year? was an outfielder in like 20 – Um. In like the 2011, 2012 range? 2010. 2010, he batted 252 for us. And then 2012, he batted 229. So it wasn't bad. What is this guy's career? Oh, my God. He played in 2010, 2012, 2014, 2016, and then retired. Didn't play in 2011. Didn't Okay, you know what? This is the Ryan Kale ship, so I control the rules here. Welcome to the Ryan Kalish episode, everyone out there. But without further ado, let's get right into it. YouTube, you get to see me every single week, along with Adam, sometimes a bunch of other different co-hosts that I regularly process through here. Make sure you hit that subscribe and notification button so you can see every single 
hosts that I have in every single episode that I'm in. Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. I never forget about you guys. How you guys doing today? Make sure you guys listen to this episode all the way through. And make sure you guys follow so you can see every single episode. We've been climbing insanely. Like I've said every episode, we've been climbing insanely on those. And I can't thank you guys enough. So without further ado, Adam, you got anything else to say to the people? Watch our foosball podcast. Foosball podcast? Foosball. We out here playing foosball. Just guys, let me let me just say Adam is not the smartest out there. You guys you guys got used to Ari. For the OGs out there that have been here for more than a couple months, you guys got to know Ari very well. Ari was not the smartest. He was the funniest. Adam is neither smart nor funny. So you, it's he's already that's, without funny, and that's why Robert's doing the show alone and not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was it's funny. okay, Robert. I get it. That hurt. I'm not gonna lie. All right, but first order of business: Fernando Tatis, fourteen year, three hundred forty mil. Adam and I were talking about this a little bit off camera. Adam is not a fan of this deal. I am 100% a fan of this deal. Adam, just tell them why you're being an idiot. All right. So I'll explain to the people why Robert is being hypocritical by calling me an idiot. Um, all right. So have you – a lot of you out there have always had that one friend, or you might be that one person who is the friend, who may have um, met a girl – and they're dating them at first. They're cool. They're attractive. It's fun. Why are we and using this sudden, analogy? And all of a sudden, they blurt out, I love you. Oh, why are we using that analogy? I know where you're going two with weeks this, but it still makes no sense. Two weeks into the relationship. <laughs> things are going great so far, but you have no idea yet how this person is. It's kind of the same way with this guy, Fernando Tatis. He's had a great start to the career. They're, they're, the team, the players, the team player and the franchise, they're still dating, but they are not going, they, he's only played, the reality is he's only played 143 games. Wait, if I, if I, less I, than if a I, season. If I can help you real quick, I'm not trying to argue against you yet, but if I can help you with, this isn't the dating I love you thing. This is the dating for a month, let's get married thing. This it's, is yeah. This, yeah. Let's, let's, Basically, let's, it's like I want to spend. I Tatis, I want you to be a padre for the rest of your career. I love you. Let's get married. Let's have children. All right. <laughs> he, he hasn't even been. <laughs> this guy hasn't even been. Uh, this guy hasn't even been in the major leagues for more than a full season. They're already committing to him for what is it? Fourteen years, three hundred forty million. That is to me. That is. Now he's had a great start to the year, but it's outrageous to uh, to commit to this guy so early on in his career before he's really even established him fully established himself into the major leagues. I know he's now we know he's had a great uh, start to his career, but there's a lot of players out there who can look good over uh, early, over a small sample size. Uh, I, I I mean. I know I made when Robert, when you and I were speaking about this earlier on in his uh, earlier on off camera, I brought up Andrew Benintendi, how he brought up, he had a good start to the, to, to his career. Um, not now, not nearly the start that uh, 
Tatis is having. But regardless, my point stands. You can bring up a lot of players who first came up in the big leagues and they had a great start and they wound up being busts later on. I, I just think you can't commit to a player like this when he hasn't, when he just began his career. Um, he, now he could very well wind up working out, but this is, you know, I just think this is a very risky move. Imagine if you actually get a second coming of what Andrew Benintendi is now. And not only that, you have to commit to him for all this money for all of these years. You're stuck with him. You know, there's a lot of risk. He could very well be one of the best players in the game, but I think it's just too early to tell for sure right now. So that's basically, that's my basic take. Don't tell somebody you love them when you first meet them and don't get married a month in. All right. There you go. Okay. So let me, let me just ask you this. All right. Um, you're, you're kind of big NBA guy, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, let's take, for example, Luka Doncic. Okay. You know who Luka is, right? Yes. Luka Doncic. Right. One very young player is in a second or third season, right? Just got voted as an all-star starter. One of the best players in the league. So top, far, yeah. Top 10 minimum. If so you were the Dallas Mavericks right now, would you want to ink him up for the next five, six, seven years? Not right now. You're, Wait a couple of years. You're insane. Wait a year or so. You are insane. And the reason why is because when a player is younger, you can get them for long-term value for cheaper. You okay? really think so? If Talk you... to Derek Rose. See how that'll work. Derek Rose got injured. That's not his fault. All right. Okay. Well, injuries, injuries can happen. And that's not his fault? Injuries can happen to anyone that has no downward benefit. That doesn't hinder a team or a player's decision-making. It doesn't Injuries change the can... fact that Derek Rose is a walk, walking injury, and that could easily happen at some point in his career to Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. You know, it anything can. could go wrong. It can, but you can't base all your thinking on, oh, what if this negative thing happens, right? Fernando Tatis right now is a top five, if not top ten player in the MLB. I got to check to see where MLB has So far, ranked. after 143 games, after think two years. Yes, that is. If he's being ranked with some of the greatest at only 22 years old. Because but right? one, of, one of those – so the only full season he played in was when he was called up halfway through the year, and the other year was the COVID year. Mm-hmm. But let me and, ask- and I think we can both agree that's, that's just an outlier. We can all just disregard that year. No, other than I don't, that, I don't how disregard much it, it, but I, 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 have, like an, I have like an asterisk time. next to it. I still you, – you get what I mean. But – with Tatis, right? Let's say you go through with what you're saying. You fight him through arbitration for a while till he gets to 26, 27 years old. Then you have to schedule a contract with him or else he's leaving, right? If you don't come up with that dollar value that he wants, he's going to say, well, trade me, damn it. If you, can't, if you can't find what I want, I want out, right? So that way the team doesn't end up with nothing for him. Prime example, Mookie Betts. Right, we couldn't match the number that Mookie wanted. And after dragging him through arbitration after arbitration until it was twenty-seven, then once he was twenty-seven, he's like, "Well, I want this amount of money." And the Red Sox are like, "We can't give you that much money," so he ended up getting traded. You know, you can't, especially with a generational talent like Tatis is. You need to make sure you keep him on your team long term. 
If that means you're over the cap in five years and you have to trade Manny Machado, you do it because Manny Machado is nowhere near where Tatis is now. Manny Machado is in his prime. Tatis is much better than um, than Machado. Well, we don't know that yet. He's... We 100% know that. Tatis is so much better than Machado. Through 143 games, you know that? Yes. Yes. As his talent – I'm not talking about future. I'm talking about right now. His talent level is better than a prime Machado. Well, you're signing him for the future, right? Not for right now. You're signing him on what he's giving you now. We obviously can't look in the future. You're signing him based on the production he's given you so far. So far in his two years, he has been the top two players. In his 143 games, yes. Yes, and he has been a top three shortstop in the league. So far? Yes, and that's all you can base it on so far. But if you want to keep... You need a better sample size in order to make a a definitive... Uh, assessment on how this player is going to be in the yes and what's going to happen is you give him three more years till he's 25 and he gives you those reasons then he says hey i've given you even more reasons give me a 12 for 500 million right now you got him at a steal for 14 for 340 because if you hold that off two three four years down the line he's a 500 million dollar player and you just got him for 340 and that benefits um tatis also because A, he has long-term security. B, he gets paid as soon as next year, the big bucks. Right? He doesn't have to worry about fighting through arbitration and fighting for every dollar that he can. He just gets paid 20 mil, 20 mil however much annually. And he don't need to worry about it for the rest of his life. So if he turns out to be, uh, if the worst winds up happening and he does not turn out to be what you think he is, do you think this is still a bargain? Because I, w- I'm, I personally would not be comfortable paying $340 million to another Jackie Bradley Jr. or Andrew Benintendi. No, why would you? They haven't given you a reason to say that they can either turn out to be a $400 million player or are Well, a- that's because they turned out to be that way. What? They turned out to be that way. In, in the years following their early career, early career success where we thought these guys could turn out to be superstars. You can't, you can't realistically tell me that after two years of watching Andrew Benintendi, you said that man's going to be worth a 10 for 300. You really think ten for three hundred, but I think I think I we could have easily been talking about in a if he can keeps up the production that he puts that he has put up, I think we could give him we could give him a hundred million dollar deal. We wouldn't be trading him for Franchi Cordero, that's for sure. Here's here's the thing. He kept up the he he would be like another Jacoby Ellsbury if he kept up the production he was early on in his career, his first three years. Yes, right. And here's the thing with Andrew Benintendi. Right, if if I'm just looking at 2016, 2017, 2017, or 2018, Andrew Benintendi, and I have to say, I have to put a contract out there for him for a long term. I'm not doing anything more than a six for 125, max, because that's the amount of production that he's given me. He proved to me that he is worth a 625 if he doesn't improve at all. Right, it, with Tatis Jr., if he stays at the same level and doesn't improve at all, which He's my age, goddammit. He's 22, right? He's, his prime is not supposed to start for another half a decade. He's supposed to get much better. But if he stays exactly where he is right now, which is the best shortstop in the game, then you just got to steal for him. He proven to you that if he stays at this level where he is right now, for the next, I would say, 11 out of those 14 years, because obviously at that time he'd be 33 and his prime would start to 
dwindle away. So if he stays the exact same as he was for the next 11 years, which is the best shortstop in baseball, you got to steal for him at 340. Okay, that's that's a pretty big if though. We can't. It's not a big if. You, you can't guarantee anything. Like I said, players will have bad years. Players will have injuries. You know, you can't. You can't base your entire thinking off that. You need you to can, say, okay, you can what's have this injuries player's... And you could also wind up to be a massive bust. I mean, that's true too. But the majority of players will end up going and filling their potential. You know, you got you got some players out here like. I don't know, random example, Martin Perez. Martin Perez never had the potential to be something great. He was just potential to be a role player. He filled into his position and has served has been a serviceable pitcher on many different teams. You know? Bartolo Colon was never expected to be an all-star caliber. He um, exceeded his expectations, went to multiple different teams, played for 10, 11 different teams. I don't know, and just served as a serviceable pitcher. Okay, but this you know? guy has high expectations. He's yes. he's fulfilled them so far, but under like I've said, like I've stated several times, he this isn't a big enough sample size to definitively say that he's going to be a great player. You if you want to make a case, you want to sign him early on, sure, be my guest. Maybe wait a year um a couple years or so, 3, 4, so, maybe. So, so 23 years old, you're saying the Red Sox should not have offered Mookie a six for one fifty. Before well, that was he, that was also three full seasons into his career where before, he's actually put up. Was it three full seasons? I believe so. Yeah. Let me let me check that. I don't I'm, I don't think you're wrong. I just want to make sure. It was back in 2017 when they offered him that deal, and he was in the midst of. So he was of, a major of, leaguer at 20 or 21. And by the way, he was, was extremely consistent with what he was doing. You're right. So let me say this right. Before his 2016 breakout, it was right after his 2016 breakout season, right, where Tatis has really had two breakout seasons, right? It was right after his 2016 breakout season. They go and offer Mookie a six-year 150 deal. You think that was too early? You think he that wasn't big enough sample size? I'm sorry? They give Mookie – they offer Mookie a six for 150. At 23 years old, at Tatis is only 22. Yeah, Tatis is only 22. They just gave him a six for 150, which is have, the same amount annually, basically. You can't take into account age. It's the amount of time that they've been in. Each player has been in the league. Mookie Betts at 23 has al- had already proven himself. Yeah, he had about. And honestly, I think 340. I think 150 is that's an undersell. They should have given him 200 at least. You could but, you can make a you can make a push for two fifty with that guy. He's a franchise player and a generational talent that they may not get for a very long time. But that's what I'm telling you right now is Tatis is already being compared to those players when he's 22 and Mookie's 27 and Trout's 30, 29. If he if he's able to do that, then great. But. This is way too early to make comparisons like that when he hasn't even put a full season under his belt. Then so why are you making comparison? Why are you saying that Mookie was generational talent when he was only 23 and three years into the league? Because he had already put together three full seasons. No, of, two, and he had two already and a, been two and a half. Uh, just over two full seasons. It was. It was three. No, he played 158, and then he played 145, and then 52. So it was about. 
350 something and about two years well, worth of baseball is about 320 something so nobody nobody years. plays the full 162 anymore yeah and if you get close to that then then that's considered an achievement mm-hmm. um i think i consider um 158 am- an amazing job you know he only missed four games you know players get fatigued it's kind of the a full mlb season turns into it's just a grind yes um so i, um, I put that we're going, we're going long on this, but people that are watching right now, please, please, please comment which side you're on right now because obviously Adam and I come from two very different standpoints. Let us know down in the comments, please. We've, we've been talking for that for like 14 minutes. Well, so it's a get, solid topic. It's let's a big get into topic some, in the NBA. Yeah. MLB. Close enough. All right, let's get into the next actual Red Sox news. We decided to make a trade, another interdivision trade. The second one this offseason, which rarely happens, right? We decide to send some of our uh, – one of our terrible pitchers and a another decent pitcher to the um, to the Rays, Chris Mazza and Jeffrey Springs. We got a minor league catcher, Ronaldo Hernandez, and a um, 23-year-old Nick Sogard who was picked in the 12th round in the 2019 draft. So we took one pitcher that sucked for us and one pitcher that maybe could have done something and trade them for a catcher who has great, great potential and a 23-year-old kid. I like it. It's it's very much, and you and I said this before, it's very much a high bloom move. It's a very, it's a very high bloom move. I know you and I, are, you and I furiously disagree on the Andrew Benintendi trade, mm-hmm. uh, on who thinks uh, that was a good trade or not, mm-hmm. uh, but I think we can trade. both sit stand in terrible trade. Great trade. I think we can both stand in nope. I, we can both stand in agreement that the, this was a good trade. They took uh, almost what was almost nothing and turned it into something to, to into some solid prospects that we could look at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I mean, look at look at the main piece of this trade. Trade was Ronaldo Hernandez, right? In the minors so far, in five seasons in the minors, started at 17 years old, the minors, by the way, with the Rays organization, right? In the minors, he's batted 293, 457 slugging. It's been great, right? And if we go down the fielding stats for the minors, he has a 988 fielding percentage. Only and his 20. batting average, I believe, is has been solid throughout the minor leagues too as well, right? Yeah, 293. Correct. 293 career in through the whole minor leagues, correct? Yes. So that's that's a very solid pickup. Uh, what about Nick Sogard? The, uh, pulling it up as we speak, Nick Sogard, I believe, wasn't as promising as um, Hernandez. I looked up his stats very uh, briefly after after re- after receiving news that they made the trade, but I did notice both of them were very solid coming up through the minor leagues. Yep. So Nick Sogard is a shortstop, second baseman, and third baseman, right? He's six foot one and only 23 years old. Um, he hasn't played in the minors yet because he would have started in 2020, and obviously we didn't have any minors. But So we basically just got a kid out of college. right? Actually, he did play one – he played one season in the minors. My apologies. So in his one season in the minors, he batted 290 with a slugging percentage of 313, 
with an on-base percentage of 405. So again, two solid, uh, two solid minor league prospects here. That but that was that was almost I should nothing. say that was in low A ball. That wasn't in anything spectacular. That was in low A ball. Had a fielding percentage. Um, let me see. In the minors, he had a fielding percentage of 971. Still, still pretty good prospect. At the mm-hmm. very least, he could be a if he if he comes up. Uh, at the very least, he could be a, a utility player, a type of Brock Holt almost. Mm-hmm. And best case scenario, he could wind up. I think I'm not sure if you remember when Ben uh, when Mookie Betts was coming up through the through the minor league systems. Nobody thought he was uh, going to be, be as great as he was, and he turned out he, his ascent into the uh, into the major leagues was meteoric, mm-hmm. and he wound up tearing up uh, the the MLB when he first got in, and he still is to this day. So he, you know, um, getting these young guys who look promising, it, it's it's always, always a plus. Investment. It's always a plus, and you know, but some of them don't work out. Obviously, Francis like, Cordero, dude's got insane power and insane speed. He's Andrew Benintendi with strengths. I'm Andrew Benintendi's at least proven he's, himself he's at some point. Andrew in the Benintendi big with strength. He is right. not Andrew Benintendi. He is better than Andrew Benintendi. You're judging Benintendi's 14 games I'm judging, in 2000. The COVID, I'm judging Benintendi on the last the COVID two years. Year. I'm judging Benintendi on the last two years, and I'm judging Franchi Cordero on the last two years. All right. Yeah. That's not what we're Ad- talking man, about. Advantage, still Benintendi. False. I'd, I'd just take another prospect like we just did with these other two guys. That would we be did. nice. We got four of them, goddammit. Players to be named. So three of them players to be named later. We got one p- pitcher, Josh Winkowski, I think is his last name. Players to be named never wind up adding up to anything. Almost never. Uh, there's a guy named uh, David Ortiz that would like to That's a, dis- disagree on. with Give me, me right there. It's a guy named David Ortiz. Just, just in case you forgot about that. Okay. Um, David Ortiz was already in the big, big leagues when uh, the Red Sox picked him up. Yes, and he was a player to be named later, your point. Okay. he's He was at least in the big leagues. Players, players to be named later never, never and amounts all, and to anything. He was, and he was young. He still had his whole career ahead of him. Yes, what this do you think these players were? Which one? Franchi Cordero. He's 26. We already know what he is. We were just talking about players to be named later. Now you're back to Cordero. Because he's not good. He's worse. Next next topic. I have to blow that out now. I forgot we're recording. (laughs) Whatever. We keep keep rolling. (laughs) So the Red Sox picked up another pitcher. All right. A guy named – I'll never pronounce his last name right – John Schreiber. I think that's pretty I know it's, it's S-C-H-R-E-I-B-E-R. Could be a good setup, man. You know, honestly, like like I said, we have a lot of good pitchers in there now. So I don't know exactly his what his role would be. But I mean, the more pitchers we get in, the less time Ryan Brazier has to pitch. So, you know, it's a win-win. When but here's, here's Ryan a problem. Brazier does not pitch. The Red Sox fan base and their organization wins. We we smile inside. All right, here's the problem with John. 
John has pitched two years in the MLB so far. 28 games. Has, I guess, just, have you looked at his stats? I have briefly looked at them. Uh, he, he has a, he has a 6 point. He has a 6.3 ERA in 28 games. In 28 games. So he hasn't panned out exactly yet. And it's not like he's young either. He's 26. 26. You know, so realistically what I could see for him, he got he the reason we have him is cuz he got waived by the Tigers. So All still right, so, it's early on, you know. Yeah. You know, he's he's still got a little bit of time, but I'm not exactly expecting the world from him. But the thing is, right, we got another pitcher that we've had for a couple months now that um Cora is expecting a lot of big things from. All right. Cora just came out in his press conference either yesterday or today and started talking about one person that he's setting a lot of expectations for. And that's Garrett Whitlock. Garrett Whitlock. You remember Garrett Whitlock? A little bit. So we got him out of the Rule 5 draft from the Yankees. He was on the show back in December. Really, really humble guy mm-hmm. all right like I, I i sat there and talked to him for about 30 minutes or so if you guys are out there listening just go back and listen to that all right so you can get kind of a base idea of what to expect from garrett whitlock but from my 30 minutes talking with him he's a very very humble guy all right he doesn't take anything for granted and i asked him like what can we expect out of you for this year and he said, look, I'm going to keep my head down. I'm going to work. Right? He's like, I'm just going to put in the work, and I'm going to give it everything I got. Right? And Alex Cora came out and said this uh, the, today. He said, Whitlock is a guy I'll be paying a lot of attention to. He plays the part. He threw a bullpen yesterday. It was very impressive. The most impressive thing about him is the way he acts, the way he, t- kind of take, the way he takes care of his body and what he does. He's a very quiet kid. He knows what he wants to do. I'm looking forward to seeing him pitch and where he takes us. I'm, I mean, in one in one area, right, the same thing was said by Braun Renneke about Matt Hall, which, gross, first of all. We're not going to talk about Matt Hall. No. RIP. Right. But... With Garrett Whitlock, right, he's got something to prove. Kid hasn't been outside of double-A baseball. The highest he's been is double-A. Pitched well in double-A, yes, but nobody was expecting him to go majors. That's why the um, Yankees didn't put him on the 40-man, because they didn't think anyone would take him to be on a major league squad. So now that he knows that the Red Sox and Alex Cora had that faith in him, to be like, go pitch for us in these situations, right? He has to be on the MLB team all year because of the Rule 5 stipulations. So now that he knows that they have that confidence in him, he's just going to put his head down. He's going to work. He's going to make sure they don't regret that decision. So which what level was he last on? Double A. So he was in double A. What was yeah. his stati- – he, he batted very – he put up very good batting, batting average statistics, correct? What? 
Get Garrett Whitlock is a pitcher. He's a pitcher. Never mind. Uh, wrong player. Stupid. So wrong player. Wrong player. Who are you thinking of? A uh, different guy they picked up. So yeah, the last time he played, he didn't even play in 2020 at all, right? Last time he played, he was in uh, Trenton, Trenton Thunder. Went three and three, starting pitcher by the way. Uh, he went three and three, uh, five uh, five hundred win loss, three oh seven ERA, uh, one point two WHIP, which is still very good, and about seven point three strikeouts per nine innings. He's not very much of a um, a strikeout guy, but he limits the walks. That's one thing that we got to look forward to, especially when he was in single A in Charleston. He was very, very good at limiting walks. So a guy who can sort of uh, keep guys off base, and uh, has he been a relief pitcher or more of a starting? More of a starter. Starter. So they could definitely use a solid starting pitcher at this mm-hmm. point. And we'll get we'll get into it a little bit after we talk about this, but the core is keeping the idea open of having a six-man rotation. Well, Which with I the think, way there, I, I, I wouldn't mind work. that. I wouldn't either. But with, with Whitlock, mainly because there's a bias of him being on the show and I got to sit here and actually like meet him and talk to him, I'm expecting great things from that guy. I want him to. I gotta. I keep forgetting we're recording. <laughs> How far are we in? We're about twenty-seven minutes in. I gotta remember to actually edit this now. You gotta wash the potty mouth, Robert. <laughs> so, what was that? What were we talking about? Yeah, with Willock, I'm just expecting him to come in here, put his head down, do what he's got to do. Correct. Yeah. Um. I'm really hoping that he that he's just able to get that done because I want him to be on this team for a long time. Yeah, I'm not sure how long his contract is. Look that up. I think he's here for two years, maybe somewhere around there. But I, I can't wait to see what he does. But I feel very bad because I said the same thing about Matt Hall, and I don't like that. You remember, you remember oh, how bad yeah. Matt Hall was. Pretty bad. Matt Hall stunk. Oh, he's only on a one-year deal. Okay, Matt so Hall or Matt uh, Whitlock. Whitlock. He's getting paid about six hundred k this year. So he's up for a new deal. So hopefully he can do well and get that bag because he deserves it. All right. But like I was saying, Cora, if my computer would like to load any day now. So Cora was asked if maybe a six-man rotation would be in play, and he said that's a topic that's going to come up. It's been a very, it's been a topic in the off-season. It'll be a topic during spring training, training, and obviously during the season. There's a lot of smart people, smarter than me, that deal with stuff like this. And they said I sounded like Terry Francona with that answer, right? <laughs> Which that's a very, that's a very Terry Francona answer. Like, we'll be honest with ourselves. Yeah, basically. But, I mean, with Sale out, we don't know how good Erod's going to be. You know, he's. So, um, there was a report says saying Eduardo Rodriguez feels a lot better, and that he could be, that he could feel back to one hundred percent by the time opening day comes around. And mm-hmm. if you forget, Eduardo Rodriguez had a 
had a career year uh, in his in his last full season that he played. What then he, he, like and then he was wins? something around there, like nineteen. Yeah, he, he had a great year. ERA uh, wins record. It it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, he worked out a lot. He was training hard, and we were all expecting this breakout season from Eduardo Rodriguez. Then he gets COVID. Yep. Then he recovers, and then and there's still some effects from it. And all of a sudden, he's out for the rest of the year, and now his future is uncertain. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this guy can come back and be uh, what he, we think he could be and finally take that, that step forward like we have wanted him to take for his entire career here in the major leagues, uh, this, this team could be a lot more competitive than we believe it is. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's the thing with it, though. I he he hasn't played organized baseball in over a year now. All right. So I'm not expect I'm not expecting him to suck. I'm just expecting him to be a little rusty. You know, I'm expecting him to come out of the gate a little slow and I'm expecting the Red Sox to be very slow with him. That's why I'm expecting him to maybe be like the third or fourth starter throughout most of the season until he proves that he's at least close to back to where he was and then give him that reign of let's make him the number one. You know. So realistically, we have Eovaldi, uh, we have Erod, Whitlock, Hauk, Pavetta, Perez, Matt Andreis could be a starter, and then uh, I'm forgetting somebody. They're supposed to have Sale coming back at some point during Sale. that season. Yeah. Or July. So we have a ton of starters that we can – Rotate in and out. I, I, yeah. if, if I'm forgetting somebody in the comments, please let me know. But yeah, we. I definitely think that a six-man rotation could be something we can really look into. And plus, the majority of these pitchers only played, what, 10 to 12 games throughout the season? It's not like they had you know their regular 30 starts. They only had like 12. So, so all of them... won't be overworked. Yeah, so we put that six-man... We're able to slowly get them back into pitching once every six days for six months. You know, I'm just glad we're getting the full 162 back. Mm-hmm. Feels good for baseball to actually be fully back. It's only yeah. a matter of time before we have fans in the stands. We could go to a game. Mm-hmm. It's a little off topic, but you know, feel like we got to get that squared away. Oh God, I'm going farther down in this article. And it says, with spring training just getting underway, Cora isn't ready to commit to a closer yet. Matt Barnes did the final, did the job for the final month of 2020 after Brandon Workman was traded to the Phillies. Adam Adovino and Hirokazu Sawamura have both some experience in pitching in the ninth inning, though not a lot. And there are plenty of people who think that power lefty Darwinson Hernandez has stuff to close in the majors. Cora said, I don't think it's too early for that. We have a lot of candidates, a lot of guys in the bullpen that can get three outs in the 7th, 8th, and ninth. We'll see how it goes in spring training. We'll have conversations with the guys, and they'll make a decision. You guys know how I feel about the ace reliever and bouncing guys all over the place. It's not fair for them physically. You're asking a lot from them. So I like the structure of bullpen. But when we have to make a decision and announcement, we'll get to it. We'll get there when we get there. The cool you do need to get that squared away at some the, point. It has to be out of, you know, unless Darwinson – really comes out here and proves that he can do something like that, or Hirokazu, I don't think the answer is anything about Adovino. Matt Barnes should not pitch anywhere past the seventh inning in a close game. 
Yeah. He's proven to he us. He should now. never be a setup man, even let alone the even touch the ninth inning. If it's if it's a one two three run game, the latest Matt Barnes should have the ball in his hands is the seventh inning. That means if and when he blows the lead, you have six more outs to get back to there. You know, he's not He's not a set. That's the latest he should pitch is the seventh inning. Yeah, Never I think I can second, second that. And at that point, you would just hope the starting pitcher can stretch to a seventh inning, and then you all you have left is the setup man and the closer. Yeah. Not that we even and have that's, a that's set, another thing. Uh, setup man either. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're talking about the clo- who we don't, e- we don't even know who the closer is. Uh, who the hell is going to be the setup man too? Here's, so, here's the way I see it. This bullpen looks – I mean, it's a bleep show right now. Here's, here's the way I see it. Hirokazu and Darwinson Hernandez should start being setup men because Darwinson throws the ball at like 98, right? Darwinson's got some gas to him. He's a little just inconsistent right now, right? And then Ottavino should be our ninth guy. That leaves us with Brazier, with probably Andre East will be a reliever, um, with um, – who am I forgetting? Uh, Barnes and with a couple other guys to be your kind of fifth, sixth inning guys when, you know – and with the six-man starters, that will give them more time to rest – so they can, on the days that they're actually supposed to work, they can go seven innings. I don't remember a ton of games where we had a starter last year go past five. Right? And every fourth day, every fifth day was a reliever game. I mean, at that point, you can't even blame the bullpen. At that point, it's obvious, very obviously the starting rotation. And that needs work. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, if this team, like, I mean, this is looking at the big, sh- big picture here, the next year or so, next couple of years. All right. I'll speak here. Um, and when Robert returns, we can, uh, we can talk about this more in depth, but in the bigger picture, when we are looking at this rotation, we need Chris sale to come back and to be that ACE, uh, pitcher that he was before this season started uh before um uh 2019 he was a huge reason for why they were able to win the world series in the first place and why that team elevated to win uh, 108 games and be quite frankly one of the best uh the the best red sox team in uh red sox history uh so they need him to come back and be 100 percent they need Eduardo Rodriguez to be the guy he once was. Otherwise, we're looking at a couple of years, uh, at least five to ten years, where we won't be in championship contention for a very, very long time. Okay? So. Have you been sitting here waiting or have you been talking? I've been talking. Okay, good. Uh, so so Robert, I don't have to actually edit that out. I apologize, I want, people still... I'm technically not working tonight, but of course I always get thrown into it. Even when I tell people, hey, don't knock on my door, I'm recording. He's, yeah, he's a CA, so. Life happens. Um, An so, RA for any other school. That yeah, yeah, all right, all right. Uh, so what I was, met, what I was saying 
um, and I told our audience while you were gone mm -hmm. about this, is that looking at the big picture in these next couple of years, if they want to be in contention anytime soon, they're going to need uh, that rotation to come back and be healthy again mm -hmm. with, with what they have. They have Chris Sale. They need him. Yep. Uh, that's the number one guy. They need him to be back and be 100% the guy or at least at, to some level be the guy that he was in his years before 2019 when he fell off the cliff a little bit. Yep. They need Eduardo Rodriguez to come back and eventually be uh, the guy we think he can be, or at least what he was before. That was good enough, too. Yeah. Eovaldi, uh, uh, we need him to be a solid starter. But, and if not – this, we could be looking to five to ten years before we're actually in championship contention again. No, no, no. Maybe maybe not ten, but you it's going to no, be a while. No, not even five. Like I'm, you I'm don't sticking, think five? I'm sticking to this. We are going to be in the ALCS or World Series in 2024. 2024. Yes. That's what I'm saying. I don't so think many, so. So many things need to go right for us to be a championship contender within the next three years. So many things need to go right. But I think with just development of some prospects that we have, well, landing on some nice contract, getting some better pitchers, we're going to be championship contenders by 2024. Those are the things I'm talking about that need to go right, though. But and if it doesn't, it's, it's going to be even longer before they're in championship contention. That's what, No, because we can always just get other pitchers. We can you can't just get other pitchers. You can. It's, it's pretty hard. Yeah, and plus we got more pitchers that are going through the draft, or not the draft, but going through the minor league farm system. You know, no. MLB, MLB are the ones that are saying that's not even my prediction. That's just a prediction I strongly agree with. MLB is the one that's saying we're going to be world champions in 2024. Yeah, that doesn't mean they're right. It doesn't, no, obviously not, but that's a prediction that I'm backing 100%. I'm not backing. If, I'm can, if, if, because I mean, that, that works with history too. Because, right, uh, 2004, we win a championship. 2005, 2006, we're, that was before my time. I believe they weren't great in 2005, 2006. 2005, they made the playoffs. 2006, they barely missed it. In 2007, they won the World Series. 2007, they won the World Series. Then 2008 and 9, they made the playoffs, right? Robert, you know very well this is very different from the, back then. This no, is but even this is, different this is what I'm back telling you. Tw back 2013 to 2018 or 20, 2007 to 2013, this team is very much different. Their, their, uh, their minor so league telling... system is not nearly where it was in the early 2000s. And their, their roster, quite frankly, is especially in their pitching staff, it's a mess. The pitching is so much worse, but you're not you can't tell me that the twenty twenty season reminded you of I believe it was twenty fifteen. Was it twenty fifteen where they were terrible? I think it's worse. I it it was worse, but it was about the same. It's it's worse now than it 2020, was in twenty fifteen. Twenty twenty was the worst season we've had since like twenty twelve. Right, but at least at the least they had at least in 2012, and I'm not trying to justify the 2012 season. I'm not trying to say yeah. like, well, at least that was terrible. But at the same time, I am saying at least they had a farm system with player promising players coming up. They had talent in at the big league level. Um, mm -hmm. I think this team on the offensive side in their in their lineup, they have some players, but it's not nearly what they had in 2012. And they also had major league players 
who they could trade and get prospects for. They don't, I don't think they have any of that. This team doesn't really have many of the resources that they usually have, that they have in years past. And I'm going to name, I'm going to give you another uh, dark horse um, issue that is starting to, that has been happening over the years with the Boston Red Sox fan base is the demand has not been quite the same. And that. What, what do you mean by that? I mean, when back before 2004, if the Red Sox were losing, the entire fan base was going nuts. Even throughout these past two decades, there, there was always sort of that drive, that need for team for the Red Sox to win championships or at least be competitive. And, you know, I can, I can look back into the 2018 season where the Red Sox had the greatest season ever. And uh, don't get me wrong. There was a lot, it was awesome, but there was not quite as much buzz as you would think there would be in the Boston area. You know, this was the greatest Red Sox. This was very easily the greatest Red Sox team uh, ever. And, it was just kind of – it just felt like another championship they won. Yeah. And I think that could be a, a minor – a dark horse concern for years for years in the future because then the, uh, the front office, the whole organization doesn't have a fire lit under them to get back to championship contention. Um, and this, that, this could be a problem. And this, and this is a lot more of a long-term issue, but this could be a problem in years uh, coming. Yeah. No, I can see that, but at the same time, there are only two organizations in the MLB that can demand at least second round of playoffs on a bad year and demand championship every year. And those two teams are the Dodgers and the Yankees because they have the money to go after whoever they so please every single year. Like when was the last Sox time have that too? The Red Sox really don't have that. We don't yeah. have as much we don't have as much money currently as the Yankees or Red Sox or the Dodgers. Not any, well, that's because of poor contracts, bad trades. Yeah, exactly. So we don't we don't have that leeway to be able to demand talking, a championship yeah, right I'm, now. I'm talking about over over their existence. The Red Sox are are they're a sports town. They are a big market team, and they they should be uh, with the resources they have. I firmly believe this is not a team that should ever be finishing anywhere near third near last place mm-hmm. yeah i'm glad we just didn't finish last in the at least last year we still we still were second to last but we weren't it, last. it was still a terrible year man. it was horrible was, we, i hope drink, it's better drink away the pain adam we i saw you drinking that bud light before we before we started the episode break. that was a soda that was, it was adam was having a little too much i must have a little bit of happy time before we started before we hit at the least record button. drinking age but that doesn't mean <laughs> i did it <laughs> so Brett Gardner agreed to a one-year deal with the Yankees. That was one of the bigger things that happened this week, and I think it's just right. That was a huge deal that was done by Tatis Jr. Uh, Johnny Damon just drunk and drinking. We'll get get into that. (laughs) You know, I wouldn't say that's the biggest thing that's happened. I would say uh, this. This has been a slow week. It's been a slow couple days. But Brett Gardner, uh, I'm. I hate the I hate the Yankees as much as anybody, but very respectable player. He reminds me of he's kind of like their Brock Holt. Mm-hmm. He's sort of a utility player. He's he utility he, outfielder. Outplay outfielder. Yep. Yeah. Um, he works his tail off. Um, he's a very humble player. Uh, he's always. Uh, 
that's a player who I, I really I have a lot of respect for. Um, now I've this is an unpopular opinion, but I have a lot I have a lot of respect for a lot of Yankees, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I hate the Yankees as much as anybody, but you know Man, I'm one of those same. people who respects them. I I get that. And I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Like, there are some players on the Yankees that I just respect, but the team itself I, I won't respect. Yeah, you can't. You can't. We're Red Sox fans. We, it's not in our DNA. And we're mm-hmm. taking that to us with our we're, – we're taking that to our graves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I it, – it's if, – if you're, if you're a true Red Sox fan, everybody out there can agree with that. Yeah, you have to. You have to. It's it's law to be a Red Sox fan, to be a true Red Sox fan. But finally, Johnny Damon got himself in a bit of trouble yesterday. A little bit. Just a little bit. Oh, God, his mugshot is terrible. Yep, I've so, seen it. So it says, it's already said the 47-year-old Damon slurred his words, seemed unsteady on his feet, and had a blood alcohol level more than three times the legal limit for driving. Damon was booked in Orange County Jail early Friday after the incident in uh, Windermere, Florida, a wealthy suburb of Orlando, popular with professional athletes. He's charged with resisting an officer without violence, a first-degree misdemeanor. It's, yeah. When, when asked about how much he had to drink, Damon said just a little bit. <laughs> turns Wait. out, I gotta, turns I gotta, out I Robert, how much was it? Three times the legal limit. Just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Like, uh, I gotta, I gotta find some. I can't remember. Who what are you did, trying to look up? There was one player. I remember Section Ten talking about. It was a Tigers guy. Uh, name some famous Tigers players from the twenty tens. Prince Fielder. Who else? Prince Fielder. Miguel. Yeah, Cabrera, Miguel Cabrera. I think it was him. Victor Martinez. J.D. Martinez? No, it wasn't J.D. I believe it was Miguel Cabrera. Uh, but... who's, who is their shortstop? Jose... Uh, Jose Iglesias. Iglesias. Who was their I second said... baseman? I th- yeah, it was... Um... I, I got to find the story. Torrey Hunter? Uh, who was that other guy who looked a lot like Torrey Hunter who is also in the, that outfield? Um, hold on, hold on. I got I got to look this up because basically Miguel Cabrera had a DUI incident when he was younger, and it just reminded me of this so much. Um, let me see. The reports indicate that Cabrera forced at least two cars off the road due to his reckless drinking driving. The Range Rover he was piloting caused a Walmart tractor trailer to go off the main road, another car to swerve off to grass to avoid a head-on collision. Um. A driver of one of the cars that Cabrera jeopardized called 911 to warn the police. Um, where is it? It was so fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. Numerous details about Cabrera's February arrest have come to light since the incident, including his brandishing and drinking of a whiskey bottle in front of his arresting officers, asking the officers on scene to kill me and telling officers he wanted to blow up a steakhouse that refused to serve him that night. Miguel, Miguel Cabrera. Miguel that. Cabrera. So basically, he goes to a bar, gets drunk, goes to a steakhouse. They refuse to serve him because he's, you know... Blacked out drunk. Yeah, he's sitting there saying how he wants to blow up the steakhouse and that he wants to... 
<laughs> he's sitting there yelling in a steakhouse, goes off, drives, which obviously is something no one should ever condone, starts driving on the other side of the road, forces a tractor trailer off the road, plus another car. The car calls 911. Cops come to arrest him. He says, kill me in front of the officers while still swinging some more. So, <laughs> so I think it's safe to say this guy is not a happy drunk. He's not a happy one, yeah. There's there's levels to this. You have there's there's one there's people that are angry drunks. There's, and then there's Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, yes. <laughs> no but then there's fifty there's, feet of crap. Mm-hmm. And then there's Miguel Cabrera. No, then the, there's the people who get like very happy when they drink. There's the people that just want to do nothing but dance. There's the people that think clothes are not a necessity when they're drunk. Which I think Adam's one of those people. All right, I have I have a video of Adam shotgunning a beer shirtless. All right, we're not gonna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, you have no room. I only had two. Come on, <laughs> you have no room to stand. I didn't feel. I didn't feel anything. But yet you walked outside in the middle of January when it's freezing cold outside. It was 50 with degrees. no shirt. It was the middle of January. It was like 40, no, 50. We, no, there's been plenty of plenty of months during, during February where it's been – plenty of days during February uh, dur- when it's been like 70. Do you like, not see like this five feet of snow sitting outside my dorm right now? Okay. We've, we've had days like that, and we've had days where it's 70 degrees. No, have we you have never, not. No, I, we have not. Not have this you, year. Not this year. Not, yeah, not this year, but it's happened before. Yeah, it's happened before. Not this year. It was at least like in the forties that night. I didn't. I didn't feel a thing. Plus, I was only so, out there for like five minutes. Yeah, while your dog was doing some things that we won't talk about. Oh, so apparently he was driving. Damien was driving while his wife was in the car. Um, the officer grabbed Megan Damon's wrist and tried to push her against the car because she was not doing what the officer said. She attacked the police officer, didn't he? Didn't she? <laughs> What has to perform a sobriety test? Damon said he would because he is, quote, a big boy <laughs> during a first test. That's a world <laughs> champion right there. <laughs> Johnny Damon, I love you. He's a big boy. He's got the heart of a champion, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> During the first test, which required him to follow a red LED light with his eyes on moving his head, Damon kept turning his head to set repeating instruction not to, the police said. During a walking test, Damon took three steps, stumbled, and apologized. He then held out his arms for balance, took an additional eight steps. Damon agreed to take a breath test and the DUI testing center where his blood alcohol level measured between .300 and .294. Almost four times the state legal driving limit. Isn't it like 0.08, the yes. legal limit? And he was 0.3. Good Lord. I'll mm. tell you, though. Just say I'm a big boy, you know. I'm That's, a if big you're gonna, boy. If you're going gonna, gonna to get gonna in trouble for it, which don't do it. Do not do it. Don't get in trouble for it. But... I think that's the way you go out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this not because you told me to, officer, but because, because I'm, I'm a, a big, big boy. boy. <laughs> I don't know which is better, saying to an officer, I'm a big boy, or going in and swinging in front of an officer and telling them to kill me. He is a big boy. He's, He's won championships with who? Uh, with the Red Sox and the Yankees. Red Sox and the Yankees. Yankees in 09. Mm-hmm. Yankees in 09. 
Red that, Sox in 04. That is beautiful. Not many no. people get to say that, that they've no. won championships for both sides mm-hmm. of the rivalry. Yep. And so, be a key piece to both of them. Mm-hmm. So before we go, give me something very good that happened to you this week. Very good that happened to me this week. Uh, or just something good in general that doesn't have to do with baseball. Something good? Uh, I'm going to go into my uh, expertise in football, and I'm going to say I think that Carson Wentz deal for Indianapolis looks actually, is actually a very good deal. It looks great for Indy in all different ways. Great roster, great offensive line. Uh, he has a coach that who – uh, when he was their quarterback coach with the Eagles, he was an MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. Probably would have gotten it if he didn't get hurt. Uh, but I love it for Indianapolis. I'm excited to watch this guy play. And I think if you are for all of you fantasy football player players out there, uh, feel free to feast on this offense because I feel like this is going to be a, this is going to be a fantasy football. Uh, wonderland this Colts offense just looking at the entire team just all around I love it I'm I'm sorry I'm still laughing but I'm just thinking the title of this episode is gonna be Johnny Damon's a big boy that's the title of the episode I love it that's that's the title all right that's that's what we go with all right but what about you Robert um Let's see. Not not a lot has happened to me this week. I was going to say something about the Wentz deal. But, I don't know. The Celtics aren't doing too, too bad this week. They're doing okay. They got a big win against the Hawks. Dude, they're still they're – still They're full. floundering around 500. It's yeah, not been good. It's not been great. Uh, reports say that we might be really looking to get Andre Drummond, which we need desperately. I beat – one of my residents in, two, in Madden last night using David Blau as a QB, which David – you can't even tell me what – Who are, who is down below who is David – who are you facing with him, though? Uh, I was facing the Colts. For so, Philip Rivers. Yes. And what was the team that David Blau was on? The Lions. Lions, yeah. yeah. That's a good win. That's, that's how – and let me tell you, David Blau, all right, Greatest QB of all time. All right, I, I had I was no. con- I was controlling him like he was Peyton Manning out there. All right, I was be- doing beautiful things with David Blau. All right, second greatest quarterback of all time, behind Trace McSorley. Yes. No, I'm sorry. Behind Taylor Heineke. He- Heineke, McSorley, Blau. Blau, Mount Rushmore. Then Peterman. Peterman. Yep. That's. That's our Mount, Mount Rushmore of greatest quarterbacks of all time. Mm-hmm. And it's opposite day. Yes. That was an opposite day joke because. <laughs> no, that's not. Those are the greatest four QBs to ever, to ever go in. All right. David Blau even has a cameo. When he gets back on to cameo, I'm definitely, I will pay to talk to David Blau. All right. If it's any more than 20 bucks, that's a complete ripoff. I should score an interview with that guy on my podcast. I should when when I send in the cameo, I'll ask him like, "Yo, you wanna you wanna come on to a podcast? It's not you. You play for the Lions. It's not like you're doing anything right now." Yeah, I feel <laughs> like that's. I wonder if that's an insult to some players to go on a um, a podcast to be like reached out to. Like they feel like they they people just feel like I'm just that easy to get a hold of and just reach. That's how um, I've been doing it. How do you think I've gotten all five of my interviews? 
Yeah, well, right? Brendan Salucci, Travis Kuhn, uh, Cade McClure, Garrett Whitlock, Christian Koss. I mean, it's different with the big league, with uh, M- uh, baseball, though, because players, they, as they, they kind of go through their, the farm system and they sort of work their way up, they don't, and they don't just turn. It's not like the NFL where they just turn into superstars overnight as soon yeah. as they're drafted. You know, it's like those players, it takes time. Like I've like, nobody knew who Mookie Betts was when he first, when he was first drafted. Yeah. You're nobody's right. laughing now. Yeah. You're right. So. Yeah. You, you got a point there, but literally that's all I do is I just message people on Instagram and just be like, Hey, I run this podcast. Would you be interested in coming on? I know you have a busy schedule, so it'll only be like 30 minutes long. We'll talk about your career so far, what you expect for yourself on the, on the Red Sox, blah, 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 all this stuff. Right. And I've sent out maybe 120, more like 70, 80 different messages to people asking, hey, you want to come on the show? And like I said, I've only gotten five yeses. Right. And one of the guys, Brendan Salucci, I talk with like quite a bit. All right. It's actually not a friend of mine, which is dope to say, hey, I got a friend who's in the um who's in the Red Sox organization. That's dope. Right. And he I was talking with him and he's like he does this thing um where he has this um t shirt line um and fifty percent of his um profit he gives to a mental health organization. So I told him, I'm like, hey, when you get this started up, let me know. I'll be the first to buy one. Great cause. And he's like, nah, man, I'm just giving you one for free. And last week he messed me. He's like, hey, T-shirts are out. What's your address? And so I should be getting one like any day now. I'll be wearing it during the shows. But with that being said, you got anything else to say to the people before we sign off for the night? Watch the Foosball podcast. Is that an actual thing? Do you, have you ever seen The Waterboy? No, go check it out. It's what so uh, this this kid, this guy who was a water who was a water boy mm-hmm. uh, for a college team. He gets kicked off uh, because they were all making fun of him. He wasn't very educated, and then he goes and and then he goes into another college, a more lowly college, and yeah. to be their water boy. And it turns out he uh, he's very good at football when he's angry. So the lowly coach decides to channel that, and he this kid gets like twenty sacks a game, and um, and by the way his his mother does not want him to play football. She calls it foosball, uh, and see, um, uh, and he, so but he was still doing it in secret, mm-hmm. uh, and he leads them to a national national cha- championship, and they beat the team that he was fired from. Mm. And it's a uh, it's a solid watch. Go check it out if you are a football fan. I it's called you. That the Water Boy, uh, starring Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. Uh, kid plays defensive end. Uh, don't talk about it, bad about his mama. Mm-hmm. You'll get that if you watch the movie. Yep. Um, I just ended up watching uh, Longest Yard. That's uh, a good like one. A month or two back. I think been telling me to watch it for a while, but then it was just on TV, and I'm like, yeah, I'll watch it. It's a great movie. That was so I think fun. he broke his freaking neck. <laughs> I think I made it himself. <laughs> That's that, was a good, a that was a good movie. But with that being said, thank you guys so much for watching, as is every single week, especially for the people who will be watching the premiere with me on Sunday night. 
God bless you guys. Let's roll that outro music. I will see you guys in the next one. They know me all over this planet. I'm just a man and I can't understand it. Proud that I win and I did it myself. Probably wouldn't if I got the help. Hearing subliminal soul in myself. Feel like I'm breaking, I'm falling to hell. Told me I'm sick and I tell her, oh well. Rather be dead than to know that I failed. Live for the chase, life is a race. I'm out of space, let me get on my face. I got a taste, want the whole plate. Finna get laced if you step out of place. Like, first off, you don't run nothing. All talking, your team bluffing. My squad, we all dream crushing. We ain't rushing, no discussion. All I know is us made for this. Paid for this, yeah, slave for this. Been down and I'm a And I'ma get it right, get on sight like Bit down and I'ma get it right, get on sight like Never really know when you're gonna go. Why you gotta put another foot in front of yours? Bury them toes, carry them close. I was never one to care about my man toes. I was like froze, now I'm on floor. Give me that smoke, but I can't get high. Wait the most, here to inspire. You don't want to sports, but I can't get tired. Run for your life every night. See in the dark, blind by the light. I got the spark, I got the pipes. All of my arts coming to life. Had to face my fears while I chased my peers and I found my spot. About time that I found myself, I've been out here walking that walk. Like, first off, you don't run nothing. All talking, your team bluffing. My squad, we all dream crushing. We ain't rushing, no discussion. All I know is I was made for this. Paid for this, yeah, slave for this. Been down and I'ma get it right. Dead on sight, like. First off, you don't run nothing. All talking, your team bluffing. My squad, we all dream crushing. We ain't rushing, no discussion. All I know is I was made for this. Paid for this, yeah, slave for this. Been down and I'ma get it right. And I'ma get it right, get on sight like Been down and I'ma get it right, get on sight like